You are listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at www.riversideconnect.org. Step forward with power, part two. I'm excited about this one. I I was up at 2 a.m. this morning because I just had this message burning on my heart, so I am excited for this one. I love that we're in a series called Step Forward with Power because I'm excited, and I love that we serve a God who is not interested in keeping us stuck. He doesn't want us falling behind. He wants us to step forward, and I have entitled this message, The Sound, The Sound. I have heard a lot of sounds. I've received a lot of messages. I've heard a lot of news. And some have been more important or more meaningful than others. It was important to me that I had a couple of things in line before marrying my, my now wife, Lauren. A couple of things. I, I, when I sat down with my now father-in-law, I looked him in the eyes and I said, dad, well, he wasn't dad at the time, but I, would say, I said, hey, can, can I have your daughter's hand in marriage? I will lead her spiritually, I will provide for her, and I will protect her. Now, let me, let me just back, back up a little bit. Before I would sit down and have that conversation with my now father-in-law, it was really important that I had the provide part of that in line. So I was working part-time at a job, and I had this thing. I just had to have this full-time job because I wasn't able to provide for her the way that I needed to provide for her if I didn't have that full-time job. So if I was going to look at my future father-in-law in the face with pure and full confidence that, you know, I was going to provide for her. I needed to make sure I had a full-time job. Now, that was hard because I had been working at my job for numerous years, and I was waiting for an opening for a full-time position, and one finally came. One finally came, and listen, this job is connected to me marrying my now love, my love of my life, like my next phase of life. Like, this was huge. And so I was really not qualified for this job on paper to get this job at the place where I was working, but I still, I went for it because my heart, my heart was in it and I wanted it and I wanted to marry my wife. And so I applied for it, I interviewed for it. And then it's just silent. Like, you know, that feeling when you want a job and you're waiting for the employer to give you a call back. I'll never forget January 31st, 2014. I am in a 15-passenger van with a bunch of Nexus students. That's our student ministry here at the church on our way to winter retreat, one of two big retreats or events that we have a year, one in the winter, one in the summer. This was winter retreat. I'm driving. My phone rings. Right? Phone rings. I look down. It's the, the workplace. I'm excited. And I'm driving, so this is dangerous. And I'm, and I'm, I'm on the phone, and... Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's great. This is good. This is great news. This is great. I had received the job offer. Hold your applause. Continue to hold it. Thank you. And here's what, from that conversation spurred me like running basically to my now father-in-law to say, hey, can we grab a burger with me? And we sit down and I could look him in the eye and say, hey, I want to marry your daughter. I want to lead her spirits. I want to provide. I'm going to provide for her, protect her. Got the blessing. In hindsight, that sound, the news that I received, I don't think that there's any way in the world that that HR person knew how the the magnitude of the sound he was going to make to me. And sometimes I wonder if we as followers of Jesus 
don't understand the magnitude of the sound that we're supposed to make. God's people are supposed to make a particular kind of sound. And what is that sound? What kind of sound is that believer supposed to make or follower of Jesus supposed to make? Acts chapter 1, some of Jesus' final days here on this earth. He had promised his apostles, his disciples, that when he leaves and his time to leave would actually be better for them because they would be receiving a gift of the Holy Spirit. And although they didn't understand it, he said, no, 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 it's for your benefit that I leave because you are going to receive a gift. So go and wait in this place and you will receive the gift from the Father, the Holy Spirit. So Acts chapter 2, all of the disciples, the apostles, these early Christians are in together and waiting and expectant for God's promise. Which as a side note, if you want to see a move of God, that's how you do it. You come together and you expect God to do big things. You believe God to do big things. You come hungry and waiting on God. And the text says that there was a mighty wind that ran through that room. And the whole place was like set on fire. And the people were sent out of their room. And they made a sound, a mighty sound, a powerful sound, a particular kind of sound, a specific sound. And from that sound, 3,000 people experienced life. 3,000 people experienced new life as a result of these people receiving this gift and stepping forward with power and making a particular sound. And the question is, what is that sound? What's the sound? When God calls his people to make this sound, what is the sound? What are the qualities of the sound? What does the sound sound like is the question. Well, when they were together in that upper room and they received this Holy Spirit, this new norm of going out into the world and making this sound, the people outside of that room heard this sound. And this is what the text says in Acts chapter 2, verse 6. When they, the crowd, heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. So when God calls his people to make this sound, what is it that we need to learn about the sound? Well, from this instance here, we, we know that the sound turns an ear. Have you ever heard the expression, turning a deaf ear? The sound, it, it, it turns an ear. It seems that, that God wants his followers to make a certain kind of sound that is relatable, that's attractive, that people, it's accessible to people. It's a message that God wants his people and, and a sound that God wants his people to make that's winsome, that reminds people of home. How many of you know, and this is true, you can have the best message in the world, but if you're speaking a different language than someone's receiving, then that message is not really that powerful. If I was on the phone expecting this call, this news of this sound from this HR employee, and he literally spoke a different language, and I just wasn't receiving it, then how good is what I'm receiving? God wants his followers to make this kind of a sound that turns an ear. He wants people not just to hear it, but to hear it. You know what I'm talking about? Like in marriages... I could be on my phone. This is confession moment. On my phone, I'm maybe playing a game and scrolling through Instagram, social media, you know what it is. And, and I, 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 I'm, my wife's talking to me and she's like, did you, did you hear that? Yeah. No. Did you hear that? No. 
God wants this sound to turn an ear. And he wants people to actually hear this sound. This sound should be speaking people's language. This sound should be meeting people where they're at. It should be accessible. It should be attractive. It should bring people in. It should remind them of home. This sound, they heard their own language being spoken. God wanted this sound to be heard. Chapter two, verse 11 says this. This is what the people said once they heard this sound and in their own language. They're speaking our languages. Doing what? Describing God's mighty works. The sound points up. This is huge. God wants his followers to speak this kind of sound and this sound points up. It is so often and so easy whether it's in our workplaces or whether we're turning to social media or we're looking to the news or magazine, isn't it so often that people's sounds point down? It reminds us that, oh, I wish I, whether we're looking at a billboard, this is actually true, whether you're looking at a billboard, looking at a magazine, you're just reminded of, of the down, the down message. Oh, I, would, I don't have that. I wish I had that. I wish I looked like that. I don't have that. Oh, so many people, it's easy. It's so easy to receive a message or a sound that points down. I'm so thankful that God wants this sound of his followers to make. This sound, it points up. This sound is intended to point to hope. This sound is intended to point to a new kind of love, a new kind of mercy, a new kind of grace, a new kind of mission, a new kind of passion. This is the sound of God. God wants the sound to point up. I'm thankful. In a world where it's easy to look around and to see the messages pointing down, I'm thankful that there's a God who wants his followers to make a particular kind of sound that points up. Already at this point, it's, Sounds, see, I did. It sounds like, oh, that, that sounds good to be true, like too good to be true. Oh, okay, so God wants his followers to make this kind of a sound that really speaks to someone in their own language and that they can fully receive it. It reminds them of home and it's supposed to be the sound that points up and, and points them to God and it sounds a little too good to be true. That's part of the sound too. That it seems a little too good to be true. And that's true of this sound. It seems too good to be true. Because when the disciples and the apostles, the early Christians, left that place with the wind of heaven behind them, the Holy Spirit, and they began speaking this sound, there were those who were saved, and then there were those who looked at what was being heard, what they were hearing, what was being said, and they just responded in disbelief and scoffing and joking, and they said, they're drunk on cheap wine. Others joked, they're they're drunk on cheap wine. It sounds too good to be true. And that's the truth with this sound. It seems too good to be true. And when you have news and when you have this sound of heaven that sounds too good to be true, it's to be expected that it's going to be met with suspicion. Because it, it exceeds our experience. The sound exceeds our experience. No, 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 that cannot be true. That sound you're making... That can't be true. That's too good to be true. That can't be true. My experience says no one's like that. That's not what this is like. That's not how this world operates. You're pointing up. You're gaining my attention. That's, you can't always be pointing up. Sounds too good to be true. You must be drunk. <laughs> the sound, it exceeds experience. You know why? Because it's extremely good. The sound that God wants his followers to make. It's so good. 
in a world that is used to brokenness and decay and what the Bible calls sin, to receive something so good just seems out of our experience. Outside of norm, outside of the natural world as we know it, well, yeah, it's because it's a supernatural kind of sound. What is the sound, right? I never actually said what the sound was. Just kept talking about this sound. That does beg the question, what is, what is the sound? What's the sound? Sounds, sounds like something good. When the disciples left that upper room and they started speaking this sound and when they were turning an ear and pointing up and exceeding people's experiences, it was at that moment that Peter, he spoke up when the people were scoffing and joking, saying, no, no, you're, you're drunk. This can't be true. This isn't the world as I know it. You must be drunk on some wine. That's when Peter stood up and backed by the other 11, he spoke out with bold urgency and he spoke the sound. And what was the sound? He spoke the message of Jesus. He said, this Jesus who walked the earth, who you killed, who you crucified, this Jesus, he was the Messiah. He was the chosen one sent to save us of our sins, our brokenness. You experience a life of, with, of no hope and a lack of love and of a longing and a waiting to be saved. Jesus was the one to save you from your sins, to save you from your brokenness and from your hopelessness, to give you life and a purpose and a meaning, to give you undeserved love and unmerited grace. And you killed him. He died on a cross and he did it for you. He was perfect and he took on your sin. And he died in your place, but sin could not hold him down. He was stronger than that. He was greater than that. He was the Messiah. He was the Savior. And he rose from the grave three days later. And now he's ascended into the heavenly places. This Jesus is God. This Jesus is the Messiah. This Jesus is the savior of the world to rescue us from our sins. Acts 2, 38 through 39 says, change your life. After he launches into this sound, this message, what the Bible calls the gospel or the good news of Jesus, of what he has done for people, who he is, what he has done. Paul says, or Peter says, change your life. Turn to God and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. So your sins are forgiven. Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is targeted to you and your children, but also to all who are far away, whomever, in fact, our master God invites. What's the sound? It's a sound that turns an ear. It's a sound that points up. It's a sound that ex exceeds experience. This sound is the, the message of Jesus. It's the good news of what Jesus has done, the gospel, what he offers to people. And this sound specifically, it proclaims and it invites. It proclaims what Jesus has done for a broken world, for a messed up world, a world that is in need of hope, a world that's in need of love, a world that's in need of direction. A world that's in need of a mission. He proclaims who Jesus is and he invites the people to experience who this Jesus is. And some 3,000 people at that moment were saved. 
experienced Jesus. They called on his name. They took in the message, the sound. If you've grown up in church at all, then you might know and you might not know that a large chunk of the Bible, the New Testament, was written by a guy named Paul. And to a lot of Christians, Paul, especially early on in his life, was a pretty scary guy because his background was killing Christians. Understandable. And then in Acts chapter 9, verse 15, God says about Paul that he's my chosen instrument to deliver this message or this sound to the Gentiles, those who didn't typically have a relationship with God, those on the outside. God is my chosen instrument to give this sound, this message of Jesus, this message of hope and life and a future, life now in this world and also life everlasting. He's my chosen instrument. And why was it that God, that Paul was chosen? He understood in Romans 1.16, he understood that this message, this sound, this gospel, this good news, this Jesus message, this proclamation and invitation is the power of God to save. This is a little counterintuitive because it's a message that is delivered and it is the power of God to save. When God calls his followers to step forward with power, making this sound, he means step forward and give people this message. Give people this sound. Proclaim the name of Jesus and invite people to experience him. Why? Because it is the power of God to save. Do you know, church, if you call on the name of Jesus as your savior, that you and I, we, we are God's chosen instruments to give people this message, to make this sound, to step forward with power and make this sound. We've been entrusted with an amazing honor. You want a mission for your life. You want purpose for your life. You want joy for your life. Give the message of Jesus to a broken and dying world and see it be rejuvenated. There's nothing greater on this planet. That's why I love to preach. And it's not just for preachers. It's for those who are sent. And who's sent? Romans 10, 14 says this. How then can they, those who need Jesus, those who are in desperate situations, who are experiencing the brokenness of a sinful world, how can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they, those who are living in a world where the message is down and pointing down, how can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? You and I have been commissioned by God to be sent to deliver this message and make this sound. We have to tell people the name of Jesus. We need to proclaim the name of Jesus and what Jesus has done on the cross and how sin couldn't take him down and couldn't hold him down. That he's above the brokenness. He's above the bitterness. He's above the hopelessness. He's above the fear. He's above the hate. He's above the injustice. We need to step forward with the power of the sound. Do you know that this sound has power? Because not just us speaking. If you have a relationship with Jesus and I have a relationship with Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit. And we could step forward with great boldness and great confidence 
and great power and deliver this message. And the Holy Spirit does his work behind these words because it is the power to save those who believe. The question is, are we intentional with this sound? Are we intentional with what we are holding, what we have at our disposal? A real cure for the brokenness of humanity. It's true. I really believe it. I have this strong conviction because I have experienced it. Are we intentional with this message? Are we intentional with this sound? Are we turning a deaf ear or are we turning an ear? Are we pointing up with our lives and with our words of a God who wants to do amazing things or are we pointing down and projecting our own brokenness onto God? People need to hear of a God who loves them. A God who is just, but a God who has done something that just didn't make sense and that was because he was full of grace, love, and mercy and he wanted to see the sinner saved. He wanted to see me saved in my brokenness. Are we living a life that exceeds experience? That rich of a life exists for those who believe in God. That we can use our words and tell people about Jesus, but they also should hear the sound of our lives. And man, that should be screaming. Why is it that you are the way that you are? My experience says when you go through what you're going through, you should not be as you are. You should not be as joyful as you are. You shouldn't be as full of hope as you are. You shouldn't still be helping people as you are. You shouldn't still be optimistic and sure of a future as you are. That's the kind of life that God has called us to live and to experience. One that exceeds experience. I want to invite the worship team to come up this morning. Step forward with the power of the sound. I was talking to Pastor Bill and, and David, I think it was last week of, I have this fear. I grew up in church and I loved God and I wanted to love God. I wanted to know God. I wanted to know what it meant to serve God. I wanted to know what it meant to be used by God. And I had sat as a pastor's kid through tons of sermons and services and worship and all those things. And I believe God did a, a great work in my life, but there came a moment where I was reading this book. It was called The Explicit Gospel. I can't remember what year this was. It was later in life. It's shocking how later it was, which is actually when I was talking to Pastor Bill and David, I said, I'm kind of, I don't know how to feel, how I feel about telling you this because it seems like I, it shouldn't have been this way. But I read this book and was looking at the scriptures of Romans and Ephesians. It was talking about this gospel or the good news, this sound, this message of Jesus. And I was reading it. It was almost as if for the first time I saw it. I saw this, this gospel. I saw this good news, this message of Jesus and how he saved the sinner and how I was broken and and what he did in my place on the cross and how the sin couldn't hold him down and how he was above it all. And if I put my faith and trust in him, that I, I could join him in his mission of healing and restoration of a broken world, that I can be sure of a future with him. But I've got work to do now. I just start crying. I know it sounds weird, but I just start crying. Like, how could I go through my life this long and not know this message, but now I see it, God. I see it. And the question is, do we see it? 
Do we know the magnitude of this sound that we hold and that we can make to the world? Like that HR guy on the other side of the phone. I don't think he understood the magnitude of what he said, that it would change my life for the better. I can't look at her, can't cry, love her. I wonder if we know, church, this message that we have, this Jesus that we have, this gospel that we have, this solution that we have, this hope that we have, this love that we have, this grace that we have, this mission that we have, this future that we have, this justice that we have, this life that we have, this light that we have. His name is Jesus. And it's a world that needs to hear this message of Jesus. And the question is, are we going to step forward with power and make this sound? Our families, our friends, our loved ones, strangers, they need to hear this sound. And there is no greater honor, there's no greater privilege than to bear this sound, to spread this message of Jesus I want to encourage you this morning. You have this message. You have this Jesus. And if you don't, I want to invite you to experience him because he wants to set your life on course and on mission to spread this message of Jesus and make this kind of a sound with the wind of the Holy Spirit behind you to help you. It's the power of God to save. And the question is, will we step forward and use the name of Jesus and make this sound? God, Thank you for giving us such an amazing honor to step forward with power with a message the world so desperately needs to hear. We've experienced you. And if we haven't experienced you, God, I pray that you would come into this place even now, that you would capture us with this message of Jesus, of how you died on the cross in our place for our sins when we were deserving of death, that you lived the perfect life and died in our place, but that death and sin could not hold you down, but you rose from the grave and you're seated at the right hand of the Father, a supreme and above it all as Lord. And we place our faith and our trust in you, God and Holy Spirit. We invite you to come into our lives and give us the power, the boldness. When we feel fear, when we lack the right words, Holy Spirit, would you help us as we take a step forward in power that you would help us to make this sound of telling the message, the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And it would be an honor to us, God, to be used in your process of healing a broken world. Help those of, in our lives who don't know you Holy Spirit, stir within us a desire to help them experience you and help us to make this sound. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at www.riversideconnect.org.